All right, so let me set the scene for you. This uh, podcast is going to be taking place mostly on March 8th, 2009 at our offices in Chicago, and it's going to be a meeting between Jason Freed, David Hanemeyer Hansen, and myself. I'm Matt Linderman, as we collaborated on our then-yet-to-be-published book, Rework. Uh, it's out now. It's the new business book from 37 Signals, but this was back when we had an initial draft of the book, but still a lot of editing and revising to go. And this is how we did it. We all got together and uh, went through the essays, talking about what was strong, what was weak, what needed to be worked on. And we recorded the entire time just in case we needed to transcribe something later or go back to ideas. And so we thought it might be an interesting look back at the collaborative process to pull out some of those clips and play them for you now. So when we start, this is when we're reviewing uh, an essay called Ignore the Real World. And we decided we needed to drill down to some specifics to really hammer home the point. So here's how that discussion went. I wonder if there's one example or something yeah. we would give that kind of would give it a little meat. Like something that we do that people would say that would never work in real world. Maybe write a book telling, telling yeah, I mean, like others more how of to it's do. like a concrete kind of policy of something that we do or a feature or a... Well, sort of, I mean, one, one thing up front is uh, remote cards. workforces is something yeah. that's scary to a lot of people still. Right. I mean, we could just kind of list out some stuff right here. That, we could say, you know, we, kind you know, of like a, the real world would say you couldn't have 13 right. employees like. in, in eight yes. different cities around the world. Right. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, but that's I, exactly what we have or something like that. Right, right, right. And you Perhaps you can give it like three quick examples. Yeah, that's what like, like and give them all a credit card and say you can charge whatever you want on it. Or I don't like that so much, but yeah, I'm yeah. just throwing out like... Yeah, I, I, I'd like if we just... I used a few examples of that talk in... Uh, what was the examples that they used? I think I used the credit card one. I think I used the... It's a good one, but it's... Yeah, I agree there's better stuff. We don't count vacation days, perhaps, or something like that. I don't know if that's strong enough. It's, we, don't have, we don't really have meetings. I mean, we don't, really. Right. No scheduled meetings? There's no, like... Or? There's no, like... There's no plan. We don't have a plan. Right? That's actually There's good. no... Yeah, so this is kind of in some ways introducing this. this yeah, we don't make financial I mean, projections. all stuff we're getting right. to, but, you know, like, well, maybe we, no, we, I think it's okay to touch on it here. Like, you know, it's kind of a sneak preview almost in a way. Yeah. Like, we this is the first essay in the book. A couple so. things, that, like, something about we don't do financial projections. Although the introduction that you had was exactly what we're saying. Right? Yeah. All that. So, I, like, I'm if you wanted to go that way again. Just forget what the introduction says, because okay. I'll just rewrite it anyway. Um, I mean, I can pull different things from it. From out of that, but so things like well, because so, then we like this is you know our critics said that you 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 can't no our critics like into, oh, okay like, like, just, I'm trying to get some world. examples yep, you know okay. st- staying small no meetings no board of advisors no advertising no salespeople you know the sales is kind of an interesting you one. have to sell to the Fortune yeah. 500 you, you, right you know you know. so I think maybe this is all stuff that was we don't have sales people I yeah. think it's a strong one like uh, like we have millions of customers but no sales people yeah. that, like putting those two numbers together yeah. is strong I like that so let's move to later in the day. Uh, this is just a quick clip, but I think it does a good job of showing you how we really obsessed over every phrase and word we used in the book and how we tried to be direct. Uh, the original line in the book, if I recall correctly, was something about how too many people think the odds of failure when you start a business are so great that they never even try, something along those lines. And Jason was lobbying against using the phrase too many people, and here he explains why. 
And by the way, you'll hear some tape ripping in the background. That's Kudal packaging up their field notes back when we shared an office with them. But here's the discussion. Let's, one thing I've sort of been annoyed by in general these days is like too many people. Okay. Um, or like most people or too many people. It's kind of a generalization that's not... Sure. Just people get hung up on the as of failure? I'd say like... Um, right. Entrepreneurs get hung up. No. Um, it's easy to... Yeah, it's easy to get up. Yeah. Just, so it's you just easy. don't like people at all? I don't like the too many people because it's... It's just it always feels wishy-washy. Okay. It's like right. someone just making up a number. And it's in too. It's easy. It's more about you. Like it's easy for you to get hung right. up on. It's easy for yeah. me to get hung up on. No, because then I'll change. You read some huge percentage of businesses fail, so you wind up never even trying. Yeah, just yeah, making yes, exactly. And then we continued to talk about this idea that failure is almost encouraged, especially amongst tech entrepreneurs. So we talked about the idea and how to set the stage for that and how to get the idea across, especially to people who aren't in the tech sphere. So here's how that part of the conversation went. The thing that always seems to go over well is like when I'll, I'll talk about, when did, like when did this failure thing become a good idea? Like when, how? Something about being in Do we need to, do we need to set that up in any way? Is it a widely known thing that people have, are all, I know. I, know I feel like it's, I hear quotes it's out there a lot. Of, like, do you think this, the this audience book know, know this as a, well, there's there's famous quotes. I mean, there's but we don't. Maybe maybe the angle is more like. Wait, you know what it is? It's almost like failure is romanticized a lot in the business. I like that. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Romanticized. Yeah. What's well, romanticized and expected? Exactly. So it becomes like a rite of passage. Yeah. Right. Failure is not a rite of passage. I think is right, a really exactly. good angle on this. It's like you don't have to first fail. Yeah, I think that's actually a really yeah. good angle. Because I've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs who. Who will just be like, my next business is going to be kicking ass. Yes. Right. There's doing something right now, but it's like, this isn't the real one where I'm going to make all the money or whatever. This isn't the real one that's going to work. It's the next one I'm going to do. It. And I think a lot of people just take too easy on failure. Like, if, if you, if it's almost expected, if everybody's kind of like, this is what entrepreneurs do, that they fail, yeah. like, you're going to be pretty quick to give up. Okay. Yeah. All right, I reach failure. I mean, that's what I'm supposed to do next. Right. Yeah. How do you fight for something that you believe in if, if failure is such an easy I almost go to the relationship analogy we've used before. It's like when you really commit to a person and like you're like, this is it for life, like then you make it work, you know, whereas if you're just like, yeah, I could break up and whatever, then it's like so right. easy to find the way out or to let it cry. Right. There's definitely something about like the, to, to the exit like sign flashing. Yeah. Like if it's flashing right next to you, like mm-hmm. you just gotta open the door and you fail yeah. and somehow that is good. Then that's gonna be so easy. Yeah. Uh, but you gotta find a good way of. Uh, but I do. Yeah. It's not a rite of passage. Right. It's not a required step to success. Yeah, that's another one. It's not the first step. A require even a required step. And that's just I guess that's the impression that I hear a yeah. lot. Is like, yeah. Especially especially in the tech business, it's all over. It's rampant in the tech business. Yeah. But I, I think it's I think it's. In a lot of entrepreneurs, yeah, I, I, entrepreneurial okay. endeavors. I mean, there's something charming in it in the sense that you shouldn't be so scared of failure that you're not even going to start. But I, we've definitely tipped over that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like failure can be okay as an outcome, but it's, it's like it's not the right of passage. It's not um, required step. It, it shouldn't be romantic. Right. Like there should still be some stigma to failing. I think we've. Like, uh, 
entrepreneur circles have tried so hard to remove all sorts of stigma to failure that they've gone too far. And here we talk about the idea of failure and evolution. From your successes, you're not making assumptions. When you like when when you're, you're trying to, when you're trying to learn from failure, yeah. you're guessing. You're like, okay, well that didn't work. Right. So I'm guessing that this would work. Whereas you're saying when you're doing success when you learn from successes, you're just replicating. You just keep doing that thing that you already know works. So I think Hopefully, yeah. what you were getting at. That's kind of what I'm trying right. to say. I mean I, I think that's a good point. Yeah. I mean failure is just out of the Gazillion other things you could do, but this one thing didn't work. Right, and the, the point is, is that just right. one gazillion minus one thing is left right. to try. You don't want to failure is just eliminating one option out of. Well, it's also like you don't want to go through the process of elimination to find what's going to work. You want to f- figure out the things that are working, and maybe we should say here even small victories, small tiny things you can yeah. replicate. Um, right, right. That's just that's, I mean, that's how nature does it, right? Like we yeah, should say evolution. that. Evolution. That's how evolution works. Why? Why don't we? Why are businesses more like that? Finding the small successes and building on them. I think that's a strong point. Yeah. And I think anytime we can point to the yeah, natural that's world, a good, that's a good point. I mean, you get evolution. Who, what's the species that survives? Like the one that won, one that either ate all the other guys or didn't get eaten. Yeah. It wasn't like nature looked at the failure and said, "Oh, let me try to tweak that." No, no, no. They right. replicated the success. I think anytime we can continue to point to like the natural world of yeah, this like is the way true. shit works. Something There's like no emotion in the natural like right, shit right. works here, and like let's try and get as close to that as possible. There's also something just about successive traits or successful traits, like something right. like an aspect of something that works because it's not as binary as in okay this was a huge blow of success and you sold for a billion dollars so that worked. That doesn't really like, even in a business that's a failure there were things that worked. Sure. So maybe there's right. also something about picking up, like, as you're saying, small victories, yeah. like the successful traits of um, whatever you're doing. Um, yeah. I mean, even in failure, there's going to be, there's going to be something that worked. Success is also, a, I mean, Well, I think, that, I think that's what, what people are meaning when they say learn from failure. Well, no, no, I don't think I'm it is. too much credit. I okay. think they're saying, yeah. All right. like... This didn't work, and now you learned that that didn't work. Right. All okay. right. Yeah. Well. Sure. I see what you mean. So I think in, in some senses it's like it's about priming you of what to do next. So if, if you're trying to learn from failure, what did you learn? You just you learned what not, not to do, do next. Right. Yeah. How, how do you get from that to what do you need to do next? In some ways, it's also my, like uh, it's in there, but it's I think it's still a very strong point yeah. to be clear about that, like. Whatever you do, you have to make decisions. And um, what, decisions based on things that went wrong don't give you the right answer next time. They just yes. tell you what not to do. Decisions right. based on things that went right, at least you have a better shot. And maybe that's the way it is. It's like, at least you have a better shot at extending that success when you base your current decision on previous successes or something like that. Okay. Previous victories. I mean, I wonder, like, I like David's almost mathematical way of looking at it, which is like, when you're trying to learn from failure, you're just eliminating one out of like a million possibilities. Yeah. Whereas when you're learning from success, right. it's one out of one. You're like, this thing works. Yeah, right. like that. Again. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's also the whole angle of um, uh, refining is much easier. So if you have something that's a success in some kind, refining, extending, all those kind of tweaks are so much easier to do than coming up with something. Like yeah. So you know what didn't work. Yeah. You totally, you have to try something significantly different now because that thing didn't work. You can't just tweak it a little bit and then it'll work. 
versus looking at the success where you just you keep on calibrating. Yeah. I think there's a strong evolution. Right, I would exactly. totally play off yeah. that because that's like yeah. hard to deny. Yeah. And FYI, here's how all that evolution talk wound up as an actual result in the finished product. This is the end of the essay called Learning from Mistakes is Overrated. And it ends this way. Success is the experience that actually counts. That shouldn't be a surprise. It's exactly how nature works. Evolution doesn't linger on past failures. It's always building upon what worked. So should you. So then from there we get into the discussion about plans and how plans are basically just guesses and how you really should just get started. Uh, and as we were talking about that essay, here's the conversation that we had. Yep. Do it. Then do something else. Then do something else. And it's very much about not knowing. And that's okay. The idea that you don't know is totally all right. And um, in fact, you'll probably make better decisions because right. you'll, be, you'll be judging things as they come up, not what you thought might happen. Giving people permission to start without knowing is, I think, strong. And then giving them permission to just make decisions when they need decisions made is strong. I mean, you're not trying to be, you're not trying to have all these preemptive strikes. You're not to have all these preemptive decisions about, well, what if we get 10,000 customers someday in the future? Worry about that day when it comes. Um, the, so yeah, I think I this think is the, this is what was missing. Is like the alternative right. is just do it everything on the fly, right? Just in time, just do sh- like that. Do shit on, like do stuff on the fly. Is kind of it's scary, but we we can make the case that it's scarier to make a plan. Which a plan is basically making a thousand decisions on the fly in a, right. ahead of time. Okay. Wouldn't you prefer to make them as you go when you have more information or something like that. I think part of it too is also just to shoot about like so it's scary there's no alternative like the alternative is telling yourself lies about this, this illusion yep. um, that you can plan it all in advance so I that's mean, good so it, you like, can't you can't yeah exactly what you can't what you can't plan you can't plan all this in advance you can't make good ex- decisions that far ahead of time so in some ways, we're striking like we're not giving people a, an alternative. We're striking down the notion that you can do it, that you can even do it in the first place. There is no planning. The other thing that we can say about plans is they they compound, uh, like you're compounding bad decisions. Or you're compounding decisions with no information because most of the plans, like first first three weeks, we do this, and we week four through six, we can do this because we did this in weeks one through three. But those decisions are probably wrong anyway. So it's like compounding bad decisions right. upon one another, but. I like the idea that there is no. I like there, there's a, like looking for an alternative is a false chase because there is no like to have an alternative you have to have an alternative to something like the plan is not the something there is no plan it doesn't mm-hmm. plans an illusion yeah. right exactly plans an illusion as we said okay no I think there's some good stuff here I mean I read it. I think this is really good because I think we're missing that right you know? yep with that and I like the idea of saying there is no alternative right. You just do stuff as it comes up. From there, we talked about how difficult it is to plan and how it can actually be dangerous, too, and what the best way to explain that in the book would be. I, I, would, I wouldn't say it's a recipe for disaster. I think that might be a bit extreme. All right. Um, and especially if we're saying fail, fail, fail. I mean, um, it puts you at a disadvantage. I was going to say it puts you in a danger zone. It puts you at a disadvantage. Yeah, disadvantage. It's just harder. Why would you Why want make to make things so much harder? I want to get that in the book in a lot of places too. Like, don't make shit hard on yourself. Right. And we should even say plans are hard. 
I mean, like I don't, I'm not opposed to you know, plans are hard. Making decisions as you go is, is easy. It, sound, it might sound harder, but it's not. Should I add that in? Well, I don't know. I'm just thinking like yeah. it's something that I, I run into all the time. Like, just don't make fucking things hard on yourself. It's, and people have to kind of mistake a notion of no pain, no gain. It's got to hurt. It's got to be boring. It's yeah, got to be... Fucking shoot that down. So. Uh, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's got to be... a great quote from Hemingway. Uh, Never mistake motion for action. I yeah, think, I think yeah, it's, kind, it's kind of related. Where yeah. that's the way I feel about a lot of plan stuff. It's like, hey, we're working on our plan. We're right. doing something. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so that's that. I think that's about the motion. But I also think that people have this notion about it's got to be hard. Like otherwise, it's not, people say it to all the time. Yeah. If you're not making something, all somebody else is just going to come and clone and like all this right. other bullshit we hear all the time, which comes from the like sort of like it has to be hard. Which I think in some ways like. Protestant work ethic kind of thing. You're not doing something worthwhile if you're not sweating blood and tears. Uh, so you think we should put that in here? Just to um, keep in mind? Or? Let me... Because, I mean, we're, we're going to start a business in an area that's foreign to you puts you at a disadvantage. Why make things even harder on yourself? Or Yeah, no, I think that's good. Why make things even harder? It's hard enough to start a brand new business. Well, it's hard enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, why make things even harder on yourself? It's hard enough to know what someone. It's hard enough to know what you want. Right. It's, it's hard almost enough to know impossible. What people, people like you want. No, it's hard enough to know what, what you want. What you want. People is, have is a hard really time. Hard? I think so. Yeah, don't figuring out exactly what you like. I don't know if that's an obvious thing. I know what I want. I don't. I don't, think know, you what, do. I don't know what they want, but I don't know. I think people have a hard time with that. I think people what, think they know what they want, at least. I, know, well, I have a difficult. Part of it. it doesn't seem intuitive to me. Like, okay. oh, of course I don't know what I want. Wait a minute. Yeah, I do. You know, like it, it doesn't seem like an obvious. Like, I feel like if you want to explain it, then I'm okay with it. But I, to me, if there was a choice, do you know? Do you know what you want? Well, yes, people, yes or no, I would go. Yeah. No, I don't think people know what they want when it comes to making actual product choices. Just figuring out what pair of jeans to buy. People can fucking shop around for hours. Okay. If they knew exactly well, they, what they wanted, they would just fucking buy the jeans. to know what you want in a product. How about that? Yeah, it's hard enough to know exactly what you want in a product. Because we got to get to the exact okay. part. Because that's mm-hmm. where all the decisions are. It's not like, yeah, I want pants. All right, <laughs> great. <laughs> it's hard enough to know exactly what you want in a product, much less everyone else. It's actually an interesting insight. It's hard to... Exact is where the product is. Right. I actually like that insight yeah. quite a bit. That's kind of a neat. You just said that. I don't know if you picked up on it, but like exactly yeah, right. where the yeah. product is. No, that's that's a good depth. Kind it's, of a neat. it's very easy to like. I want a phone that's easy to use. Right. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah. I mean, you got to get into the exact. So easy to use means that I can this, that, and the other thing. Or I want pants where I look cool. What's the looking cool part? Like the yeah. if you don't get to the exact part of like, then it's all for nothing. So. Read again what we have. Uh, an area that's foreign to you puts you at a disadvantage. Why make things even harder? It's hard enough to know exactly what you want in a product, much less everyone else. Yeah. Okay. That's all right. Next up, we talk about embracing constraints. Uh, it's an essay that talks about how you shouldn't be whining about not having enough time or money or people, but how that can actually be a good thing. Uh, And there's one passage in that essay that talks about prisoners. I'll read it to you. Ever seen the weapons prisoners make out of soap or a spoon? They make do with what they've got. Now, we're not saying you should go out and shank somebody, but get creative and you'll be amazed at what you can make with just a little. And then from there, we go on to talk about uh, writers and the price is right and other 
businesses that have used constraints to their advantage. Uh, but that actually, that paragraph about prisoners led to the following conversation. I wonder if that prisoner story is kind of. I mean, I guess it can. It, it does make sense that it's. I mean, I've always liked that. I don't know. You impressive, know but do people translate that to to what it means for them? I don't know. Um, like, would I say, like, wow, that guy used the soap to make a weapon. Oh, now I can also. <laughs> well, <laughs> now you can start your soap gun yeah. factory. I think what's interesting about it is, like... Just wondering if it's too extreme. Yeah, I mean, I, what I'm trying to get across with the examples is just like, fuck, you can make a weapon out of soap? Yeah. It's, so it's, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. I got all this it, shit it, around. I can't make anything. If you have to, you could. Yeah, you could do. Anything. That's kind of the point. Like, is like I got all this fucking resources everywhere. I can't make anything. Yeah. This guy made a fucking. He escaped prison with soap <laughs> and a spoon. Right, like, right. okay, what am I? I'm doing something yeah. wrong. And so maybe we just need to be more explicit about that. I, I mean, I think it's pretty good. I mean, I think you know. Unless maybe like, or the, the the leap is a little far. From like, I think it's more about the mindset. Yeah. Like that's what I'm trying to get. Maybe this doesn't get across, but like. If someone else can do this with nothing, right. and you have all this stuff and you can't but do anything... they're doing something with nothing. That something doesn't really relate to probably what you're doing. I think the point might be if if the prisoner had, like, all the stuff at their disposal... If he had a jackhammer, he'd probably be out of prison faster than if he no, had... No, so. that's the point, though, because he, he would be heard. That's kind of the point, is, like... It's not that soap is the, is the answer, but the point is, is like, you can't, it's very similar, it's like if you had all the money, couldn't you just make the best thing in the world? Well, maybe mon- money isn't maybe the tool that you need. No, I agree with that. I just don't think it holds true in the prison scenario. I think they're, like, if, if you could pick... Murray, be caught by the, by the guards. Sure, but if you could pick any tool that he wanted, he would not be picking the soap, I think. Um, I don't know. But... Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, no, I, I kind of, I, I get the sort of... I mean, to me, it's just like, going. like, the mindset that, oh, I don't have a lot of things, so I can't do anything. Like, like look at this environment where these people are, where they have nothing, and they're able to make anything that they want, you know? They get drugs in there. They get all sorts of shit. Like, it's it's kind of an interesting thing where it's will. It's pure will. I think it's kind of well, what's it's like the necessity is the mother invention, you know. It's all that. It's just I, I kind of feel like the uh, the following the artist examples are a little bit more sort of close I, to. Okay, it. what I like I like both then because yeah. I like the extreme like yeah, that's prisoners right. and artists. No, okay, they all right, both, and then we go to businesses. So yeah, I kind of think it's hard. Okay, all right, yeah. All right, and that's a look at one day in the writing process of Rework. Uh, you can go to 37signals.com slash rework to learn more about the book or links to buy it online. You can get it at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Borders, all over. There are also international versions available, too. Uh, and you can also go to 37signals.com slash podcast if you want to see links to previous episodes of the podcast. We also post transcripts there and related links. Thanks a lot for listening. <laughs>